Matthew chapter 14, verse number 22. The Bible said, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go to before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, where didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. And they that were with them in the ship came and worshiped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Heavenly Father, I ask you now to bless the reading of thy word and speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want you to notice with me in verse number 22 this morning, I want you to see these saints who are sailing in verse number 22. The Bible said that straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. These saints are sailing. Jesus has sent them out to the other side. And What I see in verse number 22 is these disciples uh, were willing to go anywhere at any time that Jesus sent them. I think that's the mark of a true disciple is that we're willing to go anywhere, anytime that God sends us somewhere. We must be willing to follow the Lord if we're going to live for him and serve him. And so there is the saints who are sailing. And then in verse number 23, I want you to notice the Savior who is separating. The Bible says that when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Jesus sends the multitude away because he has a desire to depart from all others and separate himself unto prayer. I want to challenge you this morning that if you want more power and you want more victory in your Christian life, then you need to separate yourself from others and spend time alone in prayer with God. Amen? I think we can pray collectively as we do as a church. We can pray with our family and we should, but I want to tell you there's no substitute for getting along with God and spending time with him in prayer. It enriches that relationship. And if our Savior saw that to be a need in his life, uh, then how much more is it a need in our life? So there is the Savior who is separating. Uh, there is the saints who are sailing. But look at verse number 24. There's the ship which is struggling. Amen. The Bible said, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea tossed with waves uh, for the wind was contrary. Uh, this ship is about halfway out. It's about four miles uh, out upon this uh, lake here, this sea that, of Tiberias. Uh, and so they're about four miles out uh, and the ship is beginning to struggle. And what I want you to notice is what the Bible says in verse number 25. And in the fourth watch of the night. Amen. I mean here this ship is struggling uh, and it is 
the fourth watch of the night. I want to preach a few minutes this morning on that subject, on the fourth watch of the night. I believe, Brother Laddie, that's exactly where we're living this morning. We're living in the fourth watch of the night. Uh, you know what that fourth watch of the night is? Uh, it's that time just before dawn, amen? It's that time just before daybreak. Uh, and I do believe some golden daybreak, uh, Jesus is coming again, amen? All the turmoil and all the trouble uh, and all the strife that's going on around us in this world uh, is just setting the stage. Uh, these things must come to pass. Uh, but he said to lift up your heads and look up uh, for your redemption is drawing nigh, amen? And we're living uh, in the fourth watch of the night uh, in the church age. Uh, we're living in the fourth watch of the night, uh, perhaps even as Christians. Uh, there may be somebody here this morning and you say, preacher, I'm struggling just like this ship. Uh, I'm going through a hard time personally. And friend, you may feel like uh, you're in the fourth watch of the night. I wanna talk about that a few minutes this morning on what kind of hour is the fourth watch of the night. Uh, I wanna say, first of all, if we look at verse 24 and 25, we see that it is a dark hour, amen? The Bible said that it is uh, the fourth watch of the night. Now, the night had four watches, didn't it? It had from six to nine was the first watch. Uh, from nine to 12 would be the second watch. Uh, from midnight to 3 a.m. would be the third watch. Uh, and then from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. would be the fourth watch of the night. Uh, it is the darkest hour. You've heard it said many times uh, that the darkest hour is just before dawn, amen? And the reason for that is, uh, is because the hour is so late, amen? I'll tell you sometimes as a Christian, I feel like I'm in the fourth watch of the night. The hour seems dark. Uh, it seems like the hour is late. Uh, you'll pray, but it seems like the heavens have turned to brass. Uh, seem like you'll read the Bible and there's no uh, real uh, a divine word from God. Uh, and at that same time, uh, you won't know where God's at or what God's are doing. Uh, and it seems like it is a dark hour, amen? I wanna tell you about that dark hour in verse number 24. I noticed that these men in this fourth watch of the night, they're battling these waves. Notice the Bible said, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea. Notice this next phrase here, tossed with waves, amen? You know what that phrase, tossed with waves, tells us? It tells us the strength of this storm, amen? It tells us how vicious and how violent this storm was, uh, that it was picking up this boat uh, and it was just tossing it around. It was having its way with it. They were battling this, these waves. Uh, have you ever felt like uh, in this Christian life uh, that you were just battling out on the sea of life, uh, battling the waves, uh, and it seemed like they were tossing you to and fro? It's the fourth watch of the night is what that is. The battling of these waves, uh, one mighty billow after another. It's carrying them seemingly wherever it chooses. You know, that's the way life is. Sometimes life just tosses us around. It throws us in directions that we're not looking, that we're not anticipating, that we're not expecting. And we find ourselves all of a sudden uh, out of the middle of nowhere. Uh, the sun has been shining, but now we're facing a dark hour and we're facing the waves of life. Uh, and it seems like the billows uh, are bigger than what we are. That's where they're at, the battling of these waves. Uh, but then look at verse 24 again. There's not only the battling of these waves in this dark hour, but 
but there's the blowing of this wind. The Bible said for the wind was contrary. In other words, if the waves wasn't enough, now they've got the wind to deal with. I mean, the wind is pushing them. The wind is against them. Hey, sometimes it'll feel like the harder you try, the worse things get, amen? It seems like you can't hardly keep your head above water, and it seems like the winds of this world are howling and blowing you in every single direction. That's a dark hour, isn't it, friend? And in this dark hour when they cannot see, they're feeling the contrary winds blow against them. You know, sailors speak about a fourth knot wind. And what a fourth knot wind is, it's whenever you're out at sea and the wind is so contrary that it's seeming like it's coming in every single direction. The wind is not just blowing here, but everywhere you turn, you're in the midst of that, that storm and that wind is just pushing you in every direction. That's the way life is. And in the fourth watch of the night, it is a dark hour, amen? But I want you to notice something else in verse number 25 concerning the fourth watch watch of the night. It's not only a dark hour, but thank God it is a divine hour. Amen? Notice the first word after that phrase, uh, in the fourth watch of the night. Do you see the first word? The Bible says and in the fourth watch of the night, the first words you see is Jesus. Amen? I'm going to tell you just because it's a dark hour, that doesn't mean it's not a divine hour. Amen? What I see about these men is that in the fourth watch of the night, uh, they might have been faithful facing the waves, they might have been facing the water, and they might have been facing the wind, but they were not without a witness, friend. I'm telling you, God had a witness. Jesus was still there. Thank God in their darkest hour, it was a divine hour, amen. I'm glad God don't leave us to ourselves. amen. You may be here this morning and say, I'm facing a dark hour. Well, I promise you this, if you're a child of God, you're not gonna face it by yourself, amen. You say, but all my family can't go where I'm at and my friends can't go where I'm at and preacher you don't understand where I'm at I may not and they may not but there is one that sees all there is one that understands all there is one that has been through all and in the fourth watch of the night though the hour may be dark thank God it's still divine God walks the dark hills he walks the highways and the byways he goes before us and even though they were there they was not without Jesus, they still had a witness, hallelujah, in their darkest hour. What I see in verse number 25 is that he showed up when no one else could, amen? He showed up where no one else could. The Bible said that Jesus, notice this next phrase, he went unto them walking on the sea. Don't worry, don't fret in your dark hour. You're not alone this morning. Jesus is not gonna leave you to yourself. You say, but oh preacher, where I'm at, I just don't feel like I can get to God. Don't worry about that. As the old brother Square Parsons wrote that song, when I could not come to where he was, he came to me, amen. I'm telling you the gulf that separated me, not just in sin, but there's been a lot of other gulfs that have tried to separate. But when I couldn't get to where God was, I'm glad he can always get to where I am. Jesus came walking out on the sea in the fourth watch of the night. Thank God it's a divine hour. They were not without a witness. Hallelujah. Then I want to say also, look at verse number 27. They were not without a word. Amen. 
the Bible said, but straightway Jesus spake unto them. I want to tell you something. The Lord will talk to you in the dark hours. He'll still speak to you, amen. I'm telling you, friend, Jesus will not leave us to ourselves. They were not without a witness and they was not without a word. Can I get an amen on that? God's word is still good in the dark hours, amen. This Bible will still help you when you're down in the valley. Don't be a shallow Christian. The only time you ever testify and praise God is when you're on the mountaintop, amen. And don't come in, listen, with your lip pooched out and walking over your chin and all down in the mully grumps. Don't get up and give a testimony and whine about how hard you've had it. God's been way too good to any of us. You say, but preacher, you don't know where I'm walking. No, and you don't know where I'm walking, but I'll tell you, there is one who knows where we're all walking, amen? And he's got a word for every one of us. And in my darkest hour, I ought to still be able to raise my hand and say, God, you have been good to me, amen. He's been good to us, hasn't he? The word that Jesus gives in verse 27, look what he said. He said, be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. Now that's a great phrase this morning and I'm gonna tell you why. Because in their darkest hour, Jesus gives them a word and he tells them this. He said, I want you to be two things. You can look at it. I want you to be number one, of good cheer. And number two, I want you to be not afraid. Isn't that wonderful? You know what the word of God will do for you? It'll help you be of good cheer. And it'll help you be not afraid. See, when we get in a dark hour, what we want to do is try to fix things, don't we? We want to try to make that storm go away. I'm going to tell you, you can't make a storm go away. You can't fix things. You can't put things together. The harder you try, the worse they're gonna get, amen? But I'm gonna tell you something. God didn't want the disciples to do anything in this storm. He just wanted them to be. Be of good cheer. Be not afraid. You see, we get in a trial or a trouble, a storm, where we just get all bent out of shape. We get all tore up. We get all messed up because we're trying and we're to do something. I'll tell you what'll help you is to let go of the mass, uh, let go of the cell, uh, and put it in the hands of the one, the master of the sea, my friend, and say, dear God, I can't do anything, but I'll tell you what I will be. I'll be of good cheer and I'll be not afraid. Hallelujah. You say, how in the world, preacher, in a dark hour, can you be of good cheer and be not afraid? It's the words that's in the middle between them. Look at it again. He said, be of good cheer. It is I. You know how we can be of good cheer and be not afraid? because it is I this morning. Now don't die on me, amen, we're not Methodist. I'm telling you this morning, don't lose steam. I'm not through preaching right now. I'm fully aware of what time it is, but don't really care, amen? I'm just telling you, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Be not afraid. Get your nose out of everything that's happening around the world. Don't let it pull you down. Don't let it discourage you. Hey, the world's always gonna have tribulation. There's always gonna be storms, but it is I, amen? I'm not trusting in myself. I'm not trusting in what I can do. I'm just gonna get up every day and be of good cheer and be not afraid. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. He is still on the throne and nothing can happen that what it don't pass through his hands. He has his way in whatever he does. Hallelujah. I was out in Mississippi this week on Monday and Tuesday. You know, they started calling for storms and I told preacher, I said, I'm heading for higher ground. Amen. 
I wasn't staying, I was supposed to preach Wednesday morning. I said, I'm going to the house, amen. I said, I, gotta get, I don't wanna get stuck down here and Miss Wednesday night church got here and I'm telling you, we still didn't have Wednesday night church uh, but I was glad I wasn't there, amen. I mean, the sirens was going off and everything but I was sitting over there and I was talking to uh, the pastor's pastor uh, who uh, pastored about eight miles down the road uh, and uh, when that tornado come through back in 2011, he was one that come out of Tulsa, uh, you know, T- Tuscaloosa. I mean, and it came uh, uh, here to Ringo. And then there was another one that came across Texas uh, and it came across Louisiana and Mississippi and it hit the town of Smithville. Now, if you've ever been through Smithville, you know this, it's just flat and you can just about see the entire town. That tornado came through there and wiped out the entire town. You drive through Smithville now and almost every building, every house in Smithville is brand new because it was wiped out in 2011. And the pastor told me, he said, you know, he said, I lived in a double wide trailer right behind the, the church. I, I've been by his church, been inside his church, brand new building now. He said, but I lived in a double wide trailer behind the church. And uh, he said the, the siren started going off. And he said, I told my wife and son to head to the church and, and get in the office. And, and he said, I had to grab something. And he said, I'll be there. And he said, they headed to, uh, to the church. And he said, I started out of that double white trailer. And he said, as I started down the steps, he said, I, I saw that tornado coming. He said, it was so big, it was over a mile wide. He said, I couldn't see the funnel. He said, but I could see just a white wall. And said, it was moving right toward our town. He said, I saw that thing. He said, the wind picked up. And he said, I started down them steps and he said I fell on the ground he said I jumped back up he said I made a few more steps and he said I fell on the ground again he said, I got up that third time, made a few more steps, got toward my truck. He said, I fell on the ground again right next to the, the wheel of my truck. And he said, by this time, he said, that tornado was ripping through our town. He said, it was right on me. He said, I could see it coming. He said, I just buried my face in the dirt. And I said, God, he said, I'm yours. He said, live or die, I'm in your hands. You know who I am and you know where I'm at. And he said, I'm just ready to do whatever you see fit. He said, about that time, he said, I watched. He said, my double wide was blown away. He said, and about that time, he said, that, that truck I was laying next to was lifted up and was taken away. He said, but about the time that truck was lifted up, he told me, he said, preacher, you're not gonna believe this. He said, I don't reckon nobody, I don't expect nobody to believe this. He said, but I felt such pressure pushing me to the ground. He said, I'm talking about holding me down. I was watching everything else go that way. And he said, I felt something pressing me down so hard. He said, well, I couldn't have got up if I wanted to. He said, at that very moment when the trees were being sucked out in the vegetation, he said, there was an overwhelming peace that came over me. I tell you, me and him started weeping and crying. I said, brother, you know what that was? He said, I tell you, I do. I said, that was the hand of Almighty God. He has his way in the whirlwind. I'm telling you, God is bigger than any mountain and God is bigger than any God is bigger bigger than any trouble that I can or cannot see. And if God can have his way there, he can walk out on the waters of our life. He can speak peace to the storm. He can give a word in the dark hour. Hallelujah. It was a divine hour. He's able to help us this morning. Then I want to say not only was it a divine hour, but it was a desperate hour. Look at what Peter does in this text. The Bible says here, these disciples, they did not know where Jesus was. Look at verse 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. 
They saw him, but they didn't recognize him. They were looking right at him, but they thought Jesus was not with them. They thought Jesus was on the mountain praying. Sometimes in our desperation, we can see him, but not recognize him. We go to church and the preacher's preaching, the choir is singing, everything is there, his presence is there, but we're in that fourth watch of the night, we're thinking, we're consumed with our problems so much that he's right there all the time, standing somewhere in the shadows. Uh, you'll always find Jesus, uh, but they were looking dead at him and thought he was a spirit. You ever been there? They didn't know where Jesus was. They didn't know what Jesus wanted them to do. Verse number 28, the Bible says, And Peter said unto him, Lord, if it be thou, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Now I want to stop and say this. It was never the will of God for Peter to get out of the boat. And the scriptures prove that in this text because Jesus gave them a command in verse number 22 to go to the other side. And notice straightway Jesus constrained them to go to the other side. That straightway simply means that immediately and constrained means he compelled them. They were given specific orders to get on this boat and go to the other side. They were never given orders to get out of the boat. In fact, when Peter gets out of the boat and a little bit later on, what does Jesus do when he saves him? He takes him right back into the boat and sends him over on to the other side. The boat represents the church. It's never the will of God to get out of church. Somebody say amen right there. I don't care what you've been through or what I've been through. There's always always that crowd that says, well, I got out of church because I got hurt or because I did it wrong or, or somebody did me wrong or I went through a storm. That's not an excuse to get out of church. Uh, we've been given orders to stay in the ship till we get to the other side. And no matter how big or bad the storm is, uh, church is essential. We ought to go to the house of God. We ought to stay with the church. I don't care what the government says. Uh, we ought to stay with the church and in the church and carry on uh, all the days of our life. Uh, that is our orders, amen. It's never right to get out of the boat, amen. You say, but preacher, what about verse number 29? Jesus says, come, he does. And I think he does that for this reason, to give this example, that they're to go to the other side. What happens when you get out of the ship? I notice it was a desperate hour. I'm not too rough on Peter because, uh, listen, he, was, he had enough faith to walk on water for a few steps, but it was very dangerous what he did. It is not only a desperate hour, but notice lastly this morning, it is a delivering hour. Look at verse number 29. I see Peter stepping as the Bible says, and when he was come down out of the ship, he walked on water to go to Jesus. You saw that Peter walked on the water to go to Jesus. What a miracle. Oh, don't shout about that too much, friend, because Peter don't take but a few steps in verse number 29, and we come to verse number 30, and look, the Bible says we see Peter not only stepping, but now Peter is seeing. Look what he's looking at. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. Peter gets his eyes off of Jesus because he got out of the boat. Uh, he gets his eyes off the Lord. He starts seeing what's going on around him. Listen, the sea is a type of the world uh, and the world is dangerous and the world is deadly and you and I can drown out there in the world. Uh, it's never the will of God for us to get out of the ship and get out in that world. Uh, you say, why? Because we'll do just what Peter did. We won't take but a few steps out there and we'll take our eyes off of Jesus. Uh, I'm telling you, no matter how bad it was in the boat, uh, 
it was a whole lot worse out there on the water, amen? Listen, we're no match for the sea. We're no match for this ocean. Can I get an amen of sin that we live in this morning? And Peter looks out, he gets his eyes off the Savior and he becomes afraid. If you watch two hours of Fox News, and I hope you don't, you'll sink. I see him in verse number 30, Peter is sinking. The Bible said he began to sink. I'm telling you, listen, if you watch more news than you do read your Bible, you're sinking, I promise you. I'm not saying you don't love God, but I'm saying you're living in despair. I don't know why. Maybe there's a reason to read a newspaper. My dad used to read one every single day. I tried it for a little while. I thought, man, this is just depressing. And it's too much work to read the paper and get that depressed. I just soon read my Bible and be a little bit encouraged, wouldn't you? Uh, uh, this morning, uh, uh, but if you at least you say I read every, I read every single line of the Atlanta Constitution or, or the Chattanooga Times. Help yourself, friend. Do all you want to, but I don't. I bet when you read the last line, you don't shout hallelujah when you get to it either. Amen. I'm telling you, the world doesn't have any good news to report, uh, but I'm telling you, in the fourth watch of the night, uh, there is still deliverance. Amen. Uh, don't sink in this world. Uh, don't get your eyes on everything going around. Keep your eyes on the one that'll never fail. Keep your eyes on the one that she sung about. Keep your eyes on the one that's promised deliverance. No matter how dark it gets, it's still a divine hour. I'm glad God still saves those sinners. I'm glad we still got a church to go to. I'm glad the Holy Spirit's still real and the Bible still works. I'm glad, thank God, nothing has changed in heaven's part this morning. Amen. Hallelujah, nothing has changed in heaven's fair land. Peter was sinking, but notice he's searching. The Bible said in verse number 30, he cried saying, Lord, save me. That's a good prayer, isn't it? Lord, save me. Hey, that's a good prayer to get saved from hell on this morning. You say, I don't wanna go to hell. Come down to this altar and say, Lord, save me. He'll save you. You say, well, I'm saying, preacher, it's a good prayer to pray. When you feel like you're sinking in this world, you may be saved, but there's been a lot of times since I got saved, I had to look up and say, oh God, I'm a drowning in this mess I'm in. Would you save me? Would you deliver me? i tell you, there's something I prayed two years about. I thought, my friend, it was gonna capsize on me. I thought it was gonna take me under. Wasn't a thing in the world I could do about it. And one day I said, dear God, I'm tired of worrying about it. I'm tired of carrying it any further. Sinker or swim, go forward or go backward. I'm putting it in your hands and every time the devil brings it up, I'm gonna remind the devil it's no longer in my hands. It'll have to be in your hands. I'll tell you, it took about two years, but God brought sweet deliverance. He rescued me. He helped me. And I wanna say bless his name. He is the great deliverer. I was sinking. There was no ability in myself. I just said, Lord, save me. Hallelujah. Quit worrying about it, it's what it did. I said, I'm not carrying this another day in my life. You say, preacher, did the flesh not ever tremble? Sure it did. But the second the flesh started trembling, I said, God, that's yours. Whatever happens, it's in your hands. And I see that Peter is saved. The Bible said immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand. He saved him and then he secured him. Notice what the Bible says. He put forth his hand, he called him, he said unto him, O thou of little faith, where didst thou doubt? Look what the Bible said in verse 32. And when they were come into the ship, what happened when they came in the ship? Look at verse 32. The wind ceased. 
Peter got himself in a mess because he got out of the ship. What would have happened if Peter had stayed in that boat? Jesus was coming to them. Oh, the, the billows were, and the wind was blowing. But the minute Jesus got in that boat, that wind ceased. See, it's better to ride out the storm with the church. Young people, don't you ever get out of church. And don't ever get out of this church. You got, you, listen, you, you find some, some, some young person that, that's why I don't really like your church, drop them like a bad habit, amen? A hot potato. I'm talking about, friend, you some girl, some boy, so when I listen to our, you go, now if we're gonna, if we're gonna see each other, we're gonna have to try our, our church, you know, we're gonna have to try it, and it's a little bit different over there, and, and, and people are a little bit, uh, you drop that crowd. And now listen, I, if that makes a mom and dad mad, I don't give a rip, somebody say amen. I'm tired of watching young people go out there and leave a good old fashioned church and go to some worldly mess, amen, because they meet some worldly boy out there and they kind of play church a little while and you've worked, listen, you ought to be on my side, amen. I'm gonna tell you why you ought to be on my side. You spent the hours and you spent the time and you've invested the money and you've invested the prayers and the, and the tears. Don't you let some Johnny come lately come by and snatch them up. If you said no to them all their life, it won't hurt to say no one more time, amen. I'm telling you, some young man came up to one of my girls one time and handed what started to hand him a number and said call me I just snatched it out of his hand I said she won't be calling you amen and I didn't apologize about it you say why because you get one shot to raise your kids and I told him I said you marry the way you was raised I don't care if it hair lips a thousand devils amen that's still good preaching that's still right in this hour I'm telling you friend you marry somebody that believes that book the way it says amen isn't that right this morning that's the way it was preached years ago. And it ought to still be preached that way this morning. Raise them right. I don't know how I got off on that, but it's a blessing. <laughs> Secured. He put them back in that boat. Y'all know how to stay in an old fashion. Bible believing. That's King James. Bible believing, missionary minded. Amen. Clean living, we're not perfect, we're not sinless living, but a church that believes some standards and separation, you stay with God, no time religion, amen. This don't always work, especially for you girls, but try to tell them we marry out here, we don't marry, or we marry in, we don't marry out. <laughs> don't always happen, does it? But I'm telling you this morning, stay in a secured place. This morning, let me say this in closing as they get us a song ready. When they got to the other side, they were different. I want you to see one last verse. Verse number 33. Then they that were in the ship, notice what they did. They came and worshiped him, saying of a truth, thou art the son of God. They worshiped him where? Not out in the sea. Peter's not shouting out in the sea because he's walking on water. They worshiped him when they got back in that ship. I'm gonna tell you where real worship begins it don't have to end here, and it shouldn't, but it begins in the church. In the fourth watch of the night, you don't have to raise your hand, but we've all been there, haven't we? I'm just going to be honest with you this morning. I don't, I don't have any sad stories, and I've not been through what other people have been through in life. There's been people been through things 10,000 times harder and darker than I'll ever have seen. But I can tell you, from experience this morning, and I'm sure you can too, that there's been times when the hour got dark. There's been times when he was there and I saw him, but I didn't recognize him. 
But I went to the house of God. And I came to church even when I didn't feel like it. You ever been there? When I didn't want to. Preached when I didn't think there was no preach in me. Tried to pray when I didn't feel like there was no prayer in me. And you know what? I worshiped. Thank God for some brethren, some saints of God. I remember one time I was so low. I got, I got Brother Danny and I got Brother Laddie went over there and we just had a, a, play, a time of prayer. I tell you, I was, so, I was so low at that moment. We met over there. I said, I just need you men to pray with me. And I'll tell you, we got down and prayed. I, I couldn't hardly say any words, but them two men started praying. I'll tell you what, God, I felt like the healing balm of Gilead had been applied to my soul over there. I'm telling you, that's what God will do for you. We all get in that dark coward sometimes, but we're not without a word. We're not without a witness. Hallelujah. We can worship in the dark hour. I'm telling you, the sun hadn't risen yet, but they didn't need the S-U-N. The S-O-N had got on board, thank God, and worship had picked up, and they bowed before the God of heaven. I just feel good in my soul right now. I'm telling you, isn't it good to be saved? Isn't it good to know Jesus? Isn't it good to have a church to go to? Isn't it good to have a place when the dark hours and the hard times of life come, hallelujah, you can still worship, you can still praise God, you can still bless his name, you can still say he's worthy, even in the dark hour, you can still raise him hands and say hallelujah, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, hallelujah. You say, preacher, I wouldn't act like that. That's okay. You let me do it, amen. If you don't want to shout, that's all right. I just feel like God. I dropped about 10 acres of heaven down in my soul, hallelujah. Woo! He's good too, isn't he? Bless his name, Brother Samuel. He's still on the throne. He's not lost his power. We can still thank God. We can worship in the dark hours of life. Hallelujah. You may not shout your way out of your problem, but you can shout your way all the way through it if you want to. Because God is good. He is so good. There's not a river he can't cross. There's not a hilltop he's not been over. I was sitting in church last night and uh, I'm gonna tell you, God, he just blessed my spirit. I needed it. Have you ever just sat there and needed it? I'm not going through no deep valley like some people are going through maybe, but I just sat down. I said, Lord, I just feel like I need a touch this tonight. I don't even know what and don't even know why. And I'll tell you, I felt the spirit of God. Uh, he's so real, isn't he, this morning? I mean, I'm trying to quit, but I don't want to quit. Uh, I just feel so good in my soul right now. I didn't feel this good when I come. Uh, I'll tell you, the touch of God, uh, it's real, friend, this morning. Uh, I couldn't live without his touch. Uh, I don't want to live without his touch. Uh, you say, oh, preacher, I don't understand all that. Listen, you don't have to understand it. If you just get in on it, amen, I'm telling you, it'll bless you. It'll help you. It'll do something in your soul. It'll pick you up when you're down. It'll lift you up when you're falling. It'll give you strength to carry on. It'll give you the strength to worship. It'll give you the strength to magnify his name. It'll help you in the dark hours of life. Amen. It'll help you. Hallelujah. 
It'll do you some good in the darkest hour. The fourth watch of the night. He's still there this morning.